Hi, my name is Sharanya. And my name is Tom. You're listening to Mean by Scene, a podcast about mean girls one scene at a time. Episode 15, great turnout this year. Okay, let's do the quick pricey of what we're covering. Uh, after Regina's bus accident, Katie's mother is angry with her, as are many other people who think she pushed Regina in front of the bus. Katie is grounded, just about, by her dad. On returning to school, Katie gets a frosty reception from everyone. Miss Norbury is investigated by the police based on the allegations in the burn book. And seeing this, Katie claims responsibility for the burn book in its entirety. Later, she apologises to Regina, although we don't really see that scene, but it kind of happens. Uh, she re- apologises to Miss Norbury as well, but as uh, some punishment, despite being forgiven, has to join the mathletes. Next, everybody gets ready for the spring fling, but Katie is in her mathlete uniform. She and the other mathletes arrive at the auditorium for the Illinois State Championship. Elsewhere, meanwhile, the spring fling begins with Damien running the voting booth for spring fling king and queen. And then after one hour, 27 minutes of mathing, the score is tied between North Shore High and Marymount. It's a sudden death round. Katie must face off against contestant Caroline Kraft, during which she has a moment of enlightenment about the folly of being mean. But in the end, North Shore wins, and they head off to the spring fling in their brand new team jackets. It's adorable. Oh, it's so fetch. What is fetch? Fetch. Okay, what do we like about <laughs> this sequence of the film? Um, so one of my favorite scenes is um, where so Katie's talking about Katie's talking to her dad Neil Flynn, um, and she's saying, "Great, my friends hate me now, and so does my mother." And the dialogue that Neil Flynn says so perfectly: "She doesn't hate you; she's afraid of you." Oh, so good, so good. Yeah. That's one He's, of my he, this is his best bit, isn't it? I mean, actually, this is probably his longest scene where he gets to talk, isn't it? So yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. I think, um, yeah, because we we don't get to see much. We know there are caring couple of parents, but I think this is the bit where we get to see that he really does love Katie, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah, but also it's really interesting because they kind of sh- make it seem like he's new to parenting. Because he says, oh, what's the word? Oh, that's right, you're grounded. But, I mean, would they not have grounded her in Africa, quote-unquote Africa? I, well, I don't know if they would, because like, uh, where, where, where I grew up, grounding was not a thing that happened. It wasn't like on the list of parent punishments they had available. Right. Um, I mean, now, obviously, as you know, I, I, I grew up in a, a small village, and therefore, like, not being allowed out wasn't exactly a terrible punishment, but it's also the case for my classmates and stuff who lived in larger towns. Grounding wasn't really a thing. So I could believe that in quote unquote Africa, uh, that also they wouldn't have, maybe, they just maybe wouldn't have thought of grounding because, yeah, she didn't have that many friends, right? So oh, there's that's no one trying to go and see that she's being, the punishment is not being able to see your friends, I guess. So if you don't have any, oh, that's depressing. But, I mean, her uh, only yeah. friends were the animals in the safari that she apparently grew up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's more about that later when we get to the, the home decor in question. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's quite, it's quite a good gag, though. That's 
it's, it's all set up for that joke, isn't it? Are they not allowed out yeah. when they're grounded? I think that's a wonderful line. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's great. That's <laughs> cool. Um, but it still makes me wonder how they used to punish her. Maybe she just, maybe she didn't get up to any trouble because she didn't have friends. I don't know. But I feel like they would have, at some point, had to discipline her, right? You would think so. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it's just go to your room and things like that. I don't. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should have been in questions. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Yeah, we've, we've already broken the format. We haven't done an episode in a while. Um, yeah. Speaking of things that are, are nice, what I really enjoyed the the scene where um, Katie apologizes to Miss Norbert, although it starts off with her just getting up and handing her uh, mathematics paper in. And so we get this very sarcastic, understandably angry Miss Norbury. But ultimately, she's nice. And when Katie says sorry, she says, I forgive you. Um, and again, yeah, it's just, it's so nice to have these characters in a film who normally would be, I would think, quite inflexible. You know, I, you rarely see, especially in a teen comedy, you rarely see a character sort of change position within one scene in this way, if you know what I mean. Like, normally it's frosty all the way through and then later they've changed their mind. But here we see that she has both of these feelings inside her at the same time. Yeah. And also I think, like, that seems really nice because it shows how teachers are like they're quite understanding when their students do something stupid and i feel like that's something that was missing i don't know if you've watched um he's all that but i absolutely hated it the new remake of she's all that oh no yeah I, was gonna say, I, haven't, I haven't no no, no it's <laughs> terrible but okay. but i mean in he's all that the principal is so biased towards like the main characters and so against the the yeah bad characters <laughs> trying really hard to, <laughs> to yeah. censor myself i think you know what you mean it's like in uh every principal or teacher in some films is that teacher in ferris bueller who's weirdly obsessed with ferris bueller um you know and catching him doing something wrong is yeah which is not really realistic once you grow up and you meet people who are teachers you realize that what they would really like is for the children to not misbehave but also maybe to just go away quietly and not get them into a position where they have to do anything about this misbehavior like yeah yeah in some ways they'd and, rather never find out i think yeah and i think the ones the ones that are a little more invested in your character development they if they do catch you doing something they're fine with a little bit of mischief as long as you're not being a nuisance to society and you're not low-key you're not like a borderline criminal yeah. um and i feel like they still discipline you while being empathetic and kind and even if they're strict you know they're not gonna punish you b beyond like your school and I feel like that's something a lot of newer movies try to show where the principal is so invested in like the lives of these children and I'm like you're an adult have adult friends yeah. stop being obsessed with these yeah. children yeah yeah that's very true <laughs> <laughs> all right um what else have we got oh actually I, I do want to say as well I I've realized this note I have is, is in the same scene. I think, well, no, it's not the same. It's the predecessor to that sarcastic Miss Norbury scene. Um, the actual moral courage that Katie shows when she claims the burn book is, it's just really good. So even I was had to watch quite early in the morning to do my notes today because I had to go out before I came to record this. And even at sort of around breakfast time, it's quite moving, I, I found. Like when you think about the stakes that are there, which of course, as we know, are in a way trivial, like, in 20 years time, it won't matter what your 
uh, you know, homeroom class thinks about you, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, unless you're running a car dealership in your hometown or something, uh, a la Cobra Kai. But the the fact that she does it, and you know how difficult it is for her, and that she does it anyway. I think you you mentioned a bit as well how, like, the last couple of episodes, that kind of span of the movie, Katie kind of has become the villain in in a quite serious way. That's what leads to Janice calling her a mean girl, right? But yeah, this is absolutely where she turns it around and makes you like her again because she didn't have to do it really. She mm-hmm. could have sat back and nothing would have happened to her. I don't think there's any way for her to get caught, is there, technically? No, I mean, I think people would have associated to her, but they would have not like singled it down to just her they would have been like it was her and you know a couple of you know the three plastics um maybe not regina actually probably regina as well like deep in their hearts they probably know it was her as well yeah i think Um, you don't have to be poirot to figure out who's the most likely culprit yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but i think her claiming um that she had done it makes it um like really points the finger at her and takes away responsibility from everyone else and I really like the fact that when this Miss Norbury was like did you turn the others in as well I know you didn't do this alone she took responsibility and she was accountable she didn't throw anyone under the bus (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) finger guns (laughs) (laughs) oh my Uh, (laughs) so that's that let's get back onto maybe uh more more amusing stuff I mean I've got some Kevin G material in my notes, but shall we talk about Kevin G in this? Kevin this, G is great. Like, there's ah, oh, he gets to be the deliverer of two like really old classic joke formats that I think were first inscribed in stone in the Neolithic period, namely the <laughs> the uh, bit where Miss Norbury says like, "Is it something like some extra punishment?" And then she, she doesn't says say extra anything. Extra credit. Extra credit. That's it. I figured out how you're going to get extra credit, and then it. Cuts to a mid shot, back of like her and Katie in the desk, but now in the background is Kevin G, and he goes, "What's up?" Yeah, uh, just classic. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, and then, I think, of course, the other famous joke format is the title of this episode: "Great Turnout This Year," which Kevin says as they go in the auditorium, and then you turn around and it's mainly empty, which is <laughs> again. But terrific. in the oh. context of COVID. Honestly, great turnout. Yeah, actually. I mean, <laughs> they're all sitting too close together, even so. I think yeah, if anything, there are too many people in that auditorium. Oh, man, it makes me feel really weird to see packed auditoriums in films and TV now. It's just so uh, yeah. alien, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I still stand by my statement. I think I made this last episode or a couple of episodes earlier where I said Mean Girls would be amazing if Kevin Napore was... The main character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also, I think, you know how people think Matt Leeds is social suicide? I think Kevin Napore actually makes Matt Leeds pretty cool. I think you're right. Like, or certainly, I think maybe by senior year, it would be cool. I think it's partly it's that it's junior year that's the problem. But, oh man, just Kevin G in every appearance is just ah, he's such a the guy's such a dynamo i mean you know with this 
there's a lot of reboots happening. Matrix reboot happening this year. That's what, 30 yeah. years ago? I think it's time for a Kevin G. What's what's Kevin G doing now? Running a hip-hop record label. That's what he's doing. Um, or, or programming chess computers. Or both. Or I mean, both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or both. Oh, so good, though. I honestly... And I also love... Um, Ooh, what was that? Oh, he still continued calling her Africa, didn't he? Like after yeah, they won yeah. the yeah, yeah. Um, thing, and he's like, and I like, I really liked uh, Miss Norbury in that scene where she says, "Well, you're out already." You're out, right? yeah, yeah. Very, exactly. very good, very cool teacher. I would have, I would have, I think I did have a teacher like that, an English teacher. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. nice. You should email that teacher and say say that <laughs> they would be uh, happy. I think. Yeah, Matt, I'm in touch we... with that. I'm in touch with that teacher. I used to every time I go back mm. to Hong Kong, I do Christmas at her place. Yeah, there you go. You see. <laughs> I mean, wow, that's all. But that's like a dog walking on its hind legs. Uh, to God, no, that's not really. <laughs> but uh, oh, oh, quick, Kevin Gino. There's a great reaction shot uh, at the end of that maths uh, contest when Kevin rips his shirt off, yeah. and it cuts to a reaction shot of I think it's the captain of the Marymount College. Scott is kind of recoiling in, in shock and not knowing what to, not knowing where to look. It's pretty good. Oh, um, speaking of which, there's a great dialogue there. Again, Miss Norbert, Tina Fey, God, she's amazing. Um, where she goes, you don't get distracted. You can't get distracted because there are no cute boys in the other team anyway. Yeah, just, I actually fr freeze frame that shot of when it cuts to the, the three guys in Marymount thinking, like, is that, is this one of those things that's going to give uh, these young actors complexes in later life? Um, or are they just actually handsome and have been made up to look bad? I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I don't. I think. From rating those boys, mm, I'm not. She might be right. I think honestly, none of them became big actors. No. I think Mean Girls yeah. was their biggest and probably last movie. Yeah, probably because of the crushing self-esteem issues they had after <laughs> seeing it. And can you imagine? Like, because they may have shot that on a different day. They never heard that line of dialogue, and then like, oh yeah, come to the. Come, come to the cinema, family and friends. I'm in this movie. I don't say a lot, but I'm in it. I'm in a crucial scene. And then, then this. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, or that might not have happened at all, but yeah. <laughs> I think, oh no, that was in um, North Shore. One of them was a Tish like student, if I'm not wrong. I think um, his name is Y Choi. He's oh, the Asian you, yeah, the dude math, on the team. Mathlete Tim Pack, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Tish, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you yeah, were in it. Tish, and then you did Mean Girls, or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, I mean, either way around is uh, still <laughs> quite, yeah. But uh, wait, but that's those connections. Let's not get into connections territory. I've got yeah. another note here. I like, um, I quite, well, Amy I quite Potter? like the yeah, a color because I, I like the whole uh, preparing for the spring fling thing. There's not that many out and out jokes until you get to Karen's mirror image. K. Have you ever? Have you ever messed up a, a kind of accoutrement for a, some kind of fancy going out, going out thing in the same way that Karen did, like a backwards S? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've really gone out that way. Like we don't have in Hong Kong, we don't really have things like you know spring things or no. prom or whatever. It wasn't really a thing. Yeah, um, I. Go. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever ruined anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Do you have, do you have you? Other, I don't think so, but that's the things like you. If you were to ask Karen, she would say no, no. But never had a problem, so um, maybe I have. I just don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, if it was letters, my my name begins with T, so I'm safe. 
with Mel. You have, you're actually T O M. They're all fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> o even works upside down. It's yeah. This is the safest letter. So the um, only problem would be if you spelt it M O T instead of T O M. Like that's the only way it could go wrong. Yeah. So as long as I do it vertically, I should be yeah. safe. Okay. You're, you're I'll, bear that, I'll bear that in mind next time I'm spelling my name in like, <laughs> crystals. Um, do you have any other fetch scene notes? Um, I don't, but I feel like there was stuff that I wanted to talk about. Is it more Kevin G stuff? It probably is. <laughs> yeah. It probably is. Um, trying to remember. Um, I think I really like the way um, what's his face. Why was I going to say McDreamy? We're not talking about Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> the guy she has a crush on, God. Aaron, Aaron Samuel. Aaron Samuel. There we go. Yeah. Jonathan Bennett. Aaron Samuel. So like, I really like the way he was very forgiving of her. Yeah. But it still made me question how he ended up with Regina in the first place because she's very obviously manipulative. She's not subtle at all that is that's a good good question but you're right it, it was very nice how he and also we see because yeah he's he's meant to be a smart guy even though he's the man candy he is meant to be smart and we see that he's figured out what's happened like yeah. in that one that one scene um you've also you've reminded me though when she's doing the um flashback to the class and all mm -hmm. she can see is aaron samuels like in her her imagination and then it fades through to see the board behind his head that's hilarious and it's all done with editing that's great <laughs> <laughs> but also that would never work like if i was staring at a cute guy i'm not gonna remember what's behind him on the board yeah that's that's the least realistic thing in this film yeah <laughs> <laughs> not uh, kevin napore's like mad rap skills no. <laughs> all right should we go and go and do the questions then Yes, let's go into questions. Hey, we're doing a lunchtime survey of new students. Can you answer a few questions? Okay. My question is more on um, where the hell was she raised? Because <laughs> why was she talking about how they saw lions fighting over a warthog carcass? Yeah, where was she raised, man? <laughs> okay, because I think I actually have a, well, I, I think I put it in connections by mistake. It should be in questions, really, kind of. Because okay. I think we we I think we get a further clue about this that they did move around. Well, okay. Firstly, my real answer is I don't think I don't think the writers could answer this. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but if we're doing, you know, that thing that Sherlock Holmes fans do, where they try and justify all the slip ups that yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle made, and like, yeah. So there is that thing. Like, what? Why are my vases under the sink? My yeah. tribal vases. Let's let's box out the word tribal and leave that in the previous episode's discussion of ethical. <laughs> um. So she describes one of them as the fertility vase of the Ndembele tribe. Okay, yeah. I put it to the jury that that is not the fertility vase of the Ndembele tribe. They don't fact, do vases some, or pots. Some, some random vase from Ikea. Well, there are Ndebele, southern Ndebele artists who now make ceramics using the traditional architecture patterns. But you're right, that's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. It, also, they don't do fertility vases. They do fertility yeah. dolls. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole other. Also, that thing is like black and white, whereas Ndebele, rather, sorry, hang on. Listeners, uh, fun anthropology fact there are, there's the northern Ndebele who live in Zimbabwe and Botswana largely, and the southern who live in South Africa. 
they are actually ethnically not really related. It's just sort of a coincidence they have the same name. So it's what makes it confusing. But the ones with the colorful house painting are the Southern uh, ones. And so I find it hard to think you would go, oh yeah, the Belle design, black and white vase. And I mean, I could be wrong about this. Maybe there is some black and white vase, that, but I think that there's a, I think someone's gone to an encyclopedia, found an African ethnic name. I think we can it. agree that the race portrayal in this entire movie, whether it's Vietnamese, whether it's African, quote unquote, African, yeah. whatever it is, it's terrible. It's reasonably terrible. Yeah. But I think we've now, we've now worked out that if we're going with um, A, the things stated in the film, and B, a working knowledge of where, where things in Africa actually are, uh, they must have lived in Kenya or Tanzania for the Swahili and Botswana, Zimbabwe or South Africa for the Ndebele, unless they just went on holiday. But I think that implies they lived in a Ndebele region and bought some of the stuff. Um, lions and warthogs, that could be a bunch of places. Um, let's say Zambia. I don't know. Like <laughs> that <laughs> Maybe one, that's that why they keep with. saying maybe that's why they keep saying Africa because <laughs> they're really describing all of Africa. Pretty much on Very the South Africa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who can say oh, yeah, like it's a bit of a mess, but there we go. All right, I got a question. Yes. Um to which it. I think I I've in my notes, I think I worked my way through to a believable answer, but why is Jonathan Bennett's delivery of that line right before Welcome Back Nerd so poorly delivered? It's the line <laughs> is this, I've written, it's, that's right, getting hit by a bus is pretty bad punishment. I mean, it's, the wording is quite... It was it's so weird. Clumsy. He doesn't really say it very well. Like, there must have been time for another take, surely, but, I mean... I mean, what do you think about that? I think I know why it's there structurally, but what, what do you reckon? Because it's a really off note compared to everything else that's happened in this film. Yeah, it was really confusing because firstly, none of your business, like this is a conversation, private conversation she's having with her teacher, like True. GTFO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> Did I ask Mr. Beautiful Face? Yeah. Um, but also I, I don't know I, it was really it was definitely really weird it stood out really awkwardly it was very clumpy it didn't feel like Tina Fey writing no and I've yeah while watching it today I've I formulated a theory which is I think the original line is the welcome back nerd right so it's just a passing comment and it shows like if you think it through it means that yeah he's worked out what happened that Regina was involved, and then you know, now she's back. And Katie's good at mathematics again. But I wonder if someone watched that in rushes or test audiences looked at it and they were like, wait, what? Why does he, where he thinks that she wrote the burn book by herself? Why does he forgive her? And they're like, okay, let's have a big clumping line that explains like what what's happened in the background. I mean, he might as well have stood there with his hands on his hips and gone, that's right. I, Aaron Samuels, <laughs> have figured out that Regina was involved in the production of the Burn Book. Um, <laughs> Aha! Eureka moment! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they could have had him at the desk, just like a little, huh? Wait a second! Yeah. Light bulb! <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, maybe it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's my, I guess that's less of a question than me pointing out 
something questionable. Um, but to get onto another issue, I recall you mentioning some time ago, um, and this is, I think, the best episode in which the to mention it. But you, you have some you have some comments regarding the mathematical content of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with um, what's what's her name, um, Caroline Kraft. Yep. I feel like if she made it to the mathletes, right? Or maybe it's that they're juniors and that's why. I feel like it's not that hard. <laughs> no offense. Is that the issue? You just think they should be, the state champions of Illinois should be better at math or finalists. For yeah, I think if yeah. they had managed to become finalists, like the equation, the differential equation is not that hard. Like the limit does not exist is usually the easiest one. Either if it's zero or, you know, the zero infinity or limit, I mean, zero or limit does not exist. That's when it's infinity. Those are the easiest ones to solve because you can see the equation. You'll be like, this is the answer immediately. It's the ones that have a weird, awkward number that you have to actually sit and solve. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not convinced, but, you know, I didn't really see the question properly. And I also think I know more than I actually yeah, yeah. What do you think about the level of the questions that we hear earlier? Is that sort of believable for high school level mathematicism? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it does make sense. And they were answering a lot faster than I would have been able to solve those questions. Yeah, that's true. there's a speed issue, isn't there? So even if it's not the hardest question in the world, I guess you want it's how quickly you can calculate it. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Is that, what, is that what math contests are really supposed to? test <laughs> i don't Speed know i've never been a part speed. of yeah. math week no no um but um yeah mind you i wonder yeah. if caroline Kraft has been doing a parallel um journey to katie and has also only just come in at the last minute like yeah. after a, a totally different movie um maybe not you know you know what i found really weird though i don't know if this should go into like um fetch scenes or questions i mean i could pose it as a question but that would like take too long for me to like work out the wordings. Um, I thought it was really weird that I'm sorry to bring gender into it again, but like I thought it was really weird that from both teams, the boys made the decision to choose a person from the other side. Yeah. Without asking, like without involving the girl in their team. And both teams went with the girl in the, the other girl. team. Yeah. It made it feel almost like, oh yeah, she's the girl in the team. She's definitely the weak link. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's what they thought for sure. I also, I don't know, is it that weird for boys to make a decision without consulting girls? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's true. I just, it just was very infuriating. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't weird. It wasn't out of place. No. It didn't feel like that's something that doesn't happen. I'm sure it happens all the time. I just felt like, but it was very well written because I'm sure that's how it is. Like. She's not trying to portray a idealistic scenario. It's all about how terrible yeah. high schools are. Yeah, although it would have been interesting if we'd seen that Caroline would, because we know Katie is kind of in trouble here. She's rusty. She's not actually doing that well, yeah. which is why it would make sense for Marymount to choose her. It would be interesting yeah. if the, the boys in North Shore had just sort of panicked and gone, the girl, even if even though we might have seen earlier in the quiz, Caroline doing quite well. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's overcomplicating the dynamic. But yeah, um, but I understand right. why yeah. they had to choose like Caroline Kraft because Katie had to be like, oh, she's wearing that ninety-nine cent lipstick that's yeah, on yeah. her snaggle tooth, and you know, she's she looks like she's wearing this and that, and 
like clearly insulting her look and that's when she has her epiphany about how it doesn't make her a better person so i understand the entire like the flow of it went really well and the way they came to the the decision of both the girls competing against each other also came like was very organic mm. um but it really just makes me question question like how high school hierarchies still work like gender hierarchies are still existent in mathletes where it really has nothing to do with your gender at all yeah that's that's very true this is maybe think though, that the sort of uh, moment of satori that katie has to a degree do you not feel that she's already had this revelation when she's gone around apologizing to people and not talking about people behind their backs um even as I ask this, I'm thinking, actually, I think it does work, but it's a bit odd. It's as though she has one self-realization and then another one almost immediately afterwards in the runtime of the film. I think there are two different epiphanies. So like the first mm. one that she has is that she shouldn't be talking about people behind their backs. The mm. second one she has with Caroline Kraft is that she shouldn't be judging people. Yeah. I think that's the like distinction that I made because she she went on to talk about how oh if I think someone is stupid it doesn't make me smarter if I think someone's ugly it doesn't make me better looking and I think that's more about judgment than like talking shit about someone behind their back yeah I think that's right nice all right uh, any more questions or should we no, I think I'm I'm done with questions yeah I think we've got quite a lot of connections because there's a scene in this sequence with uh, like 11 people on screen at the same time. So, yeah. all right, let's go to connections. Caller ID. Now when you connect from information. So there's, there's Jeff Moser, who's the farting guy. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't do a note on him. Okay, tell me about Jeff Moser. Um, I haven't watched any of his other... So he, he's done like two other movies. Um, one of them is called... Uh, Billy Madison. The other one is to catch a yeti, and <laughs> it's very quick uh, before. It's Billy Madison. Is that the Adam Sandler one? I don't know. I've it's never the seen it. The 1995 one. Is that is that the same one? I think that's about the right era. I've never seen Billy Madison. It's, it has a famous quote in it in which a judge says something about like it's often was often memed it's to do with someone saying hey, what you've just said is so moronic that I can't even process it or something like that so I think yeah. it's that so that's quite a was quite a big film to catch a yeti I think has yet to trouble the greatest films of the 90s lists or whenever so it no, came out. I feel like I kind of want to watch it now that's a great title that is. <laughs> um they both came out in uh 1995 and then after that it was just Mean Girls so that's his entire <laughs> filmography and he was he I mean, got farting guy and that was literally the name of his character in mean girls farting guy yeah i was quite surprised to see farting guy get a callback in in that sequence i was thinking he was going to be a one-off joke and i'd forgotten that he appears again um, yeah yeah there you go all right i've got a connect well let's see yeah let, let's do all the kind of my the character actors first and then i've got a few other bits and bobs uh let's yep. talk about the north shore high mathletes um yep. m richmond is uncredited uh, but T. Kimball, uh, the T, according to the musical, is for Tyler. Uh, side note, apparently he's also the person who delivers the note to Coach Carr in an early scene. Uh, oh. And he's played by someone called Ben Cook. I don't think he's credited, but someone's found him. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's the right one, and it looks roughly like the right guy, uh, he's also in uh, the this year's film version of West Side Story. He was in Veep and 30 Rock, which sort of suggests that maybe, yeah, that is the same guy because you've got the, the Tina, Tina Fey connection um and 
played himself, actually I'm looking at his IMDb now, played himself, brackets, uncredited in A Thing in Saturday Night Live with Tina Fey and Nicki Minaj. So yeah, that checks that, out. That checks out, basically. It seems like he's a Broadway guy, um, mostly, so that's why he doesn't have that many credits. But yeah, it looks like he's a um, mostly a stage actor. So that's, that's pretty good. That's actually pretty interesting because a lot of these side characters are either Broadway actors or they graduated from Tish. So they're actually serious mm. actors, it's but they're doing like <laughs> playing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird side characters in a chick flick. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. So well, the rest of the North Shore High athletes we've already covered. That's K. Napore, T. Pack, and C. Heron. So uh, then mm -hmm. we don't really need to talk about. Uh, Mary Mount, of course, we have Caroline Craft, played by uh, the wonderful Claire Preuss, who's one of the uh, six people that replied to my dumb questions about pasta. And you can yep. find out more about her pasta preferences in bonus mini-sode number one. Bonus mini-sode number two fans coming any anytime soon um, with uh, three more exciting answers. And did we talk about her a bit? No, no, I just talked no, about what she likes for pasta. Let's let's go open. Claire, I think it's Preuss, but it could be Preuss, P-R-E-U-S-S. So she is like actually there is another category of people that show up in Mean Girls in secondary roles, and that is Canadians. So uh, Claire is a, a Canadian person, and I think it's fair to say that Mean Girls is the, the highest profile film that she's been in. Yeah, but she was there's also something in called the, Prince, the Prince and Me. Me. I re sort yeah. of remember this coming out, so therefore I assume it's also famous-ish. And uh, having uh, you know done the Instagram DMs thing with her, I also you know I know that she is involved in lots of theatre things in her home city in Canada, which I can't remember for sure, but I think is Toronto. <laughs> I mean, that's always Look, a good guess. If, if you have we to guess can where say. If we can say Africa, we can say Canada and not oh, yeah, that's like, true. upset yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So she's from Canada. Which she's is, from Canada. <laughs> yeah, which is a country. But yeah, so yeah, another another stage actor, actor in this case, I think, is yeah. fair to say. She um, did another movie called Lovers, which Lovers, I also really? haven't watched yeah. yet. Okay, interesting. Let's see. Uh, the rest, oh, all but one of the rest of the Marymount boys are just uncredited. I couldn't, uh, did you find anything about them? This um, is D, I found... D Alexander, Jay Anderson, and P. Pell, um, if you're keeping track at home. I yeah, found the um, Marymount captain. Yeah, I found a bit on him. Yeah, what did you yeah. find about it? Yeah. David Sazant. Sazant. Yeah. <laughs> Sazant. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I only found two of his movies, something called This is Wonderland and Full Court Miracle. Talk that's, America, that's presumably, a, presumably a basketball film, I guess. Yeah, maybe kind oh, of. Actually, I, like it. Yeah, I, actually, I'm looking at the DVD cover now. That is definitely a basketball film, basketball yeah. movie. Yeah. So. So he really went from like a jock to a mathlete nerd. That's very true. Oh yeah, he was in Degrassi: The Next Generation. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that he's also Canadian. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of them are. Yeah, for sure. Which oh, makes sense because in our. I think in on, one sorry. of our first few episodes, we you mentioned that they did the shooting in Canada, right? Oh, some of it was, yeah. That man, that would explain it, yeah. By the way, as a side note, I've just looked up the um, poster image for The Prince and Me, and it's mm -hmm. one of that classic mini-genre of the mid-2000s, namely Julia Stiles starring in movies that are well beneath her. So... <laughs> Oh, Julia Styles. <laughs> Julia, Julia, Julia. All right, I've got one more connection from this scene as well, and that is Bruce Hunter. Uh, who yeah. plays the moderator of the, the maths thing. Um, he is, uh, hang on, another Canadian from Calgary. Mm -hmm. And 
he's a bit like, oh, man, he's in a lot of things, a lot of TV, a lot of movies. Yeah. Good um, Will Hunting. That's right. Uh, it's in, I think, is it the Robo Robo Robocop? But I think it's Robocop, the Robocop. TV show. Yeah. yeah, the TV show. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Forever Night. That's the series I've never seen, but I always like it because it sounds like the most 90s thing possible. It's a, I remember reviews around the mid 90s about it. It's a, a TV show about a vampire who is also a private detective. So, Ooh. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What's it called? I'm sorry, that sounds like it's right up my alley. What's it called? It's called <laughs> It's called Forever Night, but the night has a K. Um, oh my god, this is that's yeah. brilliant. I would totally I would eat that up. That sounds yeah, amazing. I, I hope oh, that there's some episodes terrible. on on YouTube. Yeah. There must <laughs> it be. It looks but... so bad. It looks genuinely it, terrible. What if I recall the stuff around when it came out, and bear in mind I was this is a long time ago, I was quite young. I think it was basically riding on the success of um Highlander, the TV the TV series. So basically, someone went Highlander. We could do that, but a bit cheaper. So yeah, that's. Oh mm. no, the posters look so bad. Wait, 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 wait. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some fonts happening there. All right, yeah. Wow. There, yeah, there's there's a lot. Oh there's no, this is like. On. If I didn't know better, I think they didn't want people to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. so bad. Oh, I'm going to check it out. It yeah, looks like I'm something I would love it. to waste yeah. my time on. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, that's all the actor connections I've got. D did you have any others? The rest of mine are kind of music and, and pop culture stuff. Um, let me just check. We've talked about Katie's mom, right? I I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, we have, I think. Uh, and I and guess... we've definitely talked about Katie's dad because I, I talked about Scrubs. That's right. Um, let's see. White Choi. Mathematics <laughs> <laughs> Impact. If it's not, um, Bruce Hunter. Yeah, no, that's all I have. And then cool. I have Pink's God is a DJ. Oh, yeah, I also have that. I, I copied and pasted a bit from Wikipedia, which I'll do <laughs> deliver it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So God is a DJ, song by American singer Pink from her third album, Try This, 2003. Uh, it was released in November 2003. And it is about, this is genuinely from the, the, the objective Wikipedia article says, it is about letting go, loving life and living it to the fullest. Uh, it peaked at number six in the Dutch top 40 and number 11 on the UK singles chart. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is another song that's in here. Do you have notes on that? Let's put them up by NORE. Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, I don't know who these people are. It's a pretty catchy song, though, but. It's all right. Well, allow me to uh, Wikipedia you up on this one as well. Victor Santiago Jr., born September 1977, better known by his stage name Nori or Noriaga is an American rapper from Queens, New York. And he was originally in a hip hop duo. And then this song that's in Mean Girls was like a, a solo single. Uh, he also had hits with Super Thug, Band From TV, Oye Mi Canto, and Mass Maze. Um, so yeah, that's it. I mean, I think this is probably his most famous song because you can hear one lyric in Mean Girls. Um, although having said that, um, I don't want any beef with a hip hop guy, so I retract everything. <laughs> He gets he gets swag points. It's we'll we'll give him swag points just so we don't get beat up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see. There was also I did some uh, pausing on the on the video in Damien's room. Did you? Yeah, singing in the Mariah. rain and Mariah yeah, Carey. Yeah. I think so it's Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, uh, Madonna. Yeah. I think in the middle a sign saying Damien something, and that's how I was sure it was Damien's room and not Janice's. Yeah. Um, and singing in the rain on the door and there's two photos under the posters one is like a black and white yeah. hollywood uh glamour shot the kind that studios used to give out 
in the 50s to newspapers, which I want to say is Judy Garland, but I'm not sure because it's quite hard. And the other one looks like a kind of National Geographic-y um, documentary portrait. So I, I just do not know what it is. But if anyone wants to freeze frame that and write in, knock yourselves out. <laughs> oh, and as a side note, musical instrument in Damien's room, oh, really? which has never been mentioned, he plays the tuba. Or at least yeah. he owns a tuba, and I don't know why you would own one unless you also play it. So, yeah. Unless he was getting ready in school. I wonder, oh, have we seen the tuba before? Oh, no, now I'm going to have to go back and... I don't know. I mean, it could just be, it. like, a band room or, like, the the stuff where they store all the theatre and musical instruments. Maybe. And they, like, because he wasn't getting ready as in, like, putting on clothes. He was just fixing his outfit. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe he was in school. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Further investigation required. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. I think that's all the the notes I had. Um. Yeah. Mostly uncredited actors in this bit. I think we're done. Are we done? Yeah. We're done. I have. I'm out of notes. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're we're now we're now dangerously close to the end of the film because the next thing is the spring fling and then that's that's kind of it, right? Yeah. And then there's Mean Girls too. I mean, uh, I mean and then it is on Netflix. Musical. <laughs> it, it is on Netflix. I mean, uh, <laughs> wait. So, just, by the way, by the way, listeners, the podcast is effectively over at this point. But just for some admin, I am prepared to maybe do like a watch along episode, and then we'll just cut together a highlights reel of my appalled comments. If you want to do it like that, but because um, yeah. I've not, you've seen it, right? But I haven't ever. Yeah. Because yeah. I keep seeing it on Netflix and thinking, mm, no. It's terrible. It's not Yeah. Uh, are you sure? Even if it makes podcast content? Uh, we'll talk about this off air. We'll okay. talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for listening. Thank you, Sharanya, for um, co-hosting as ever. And um, no, that's it. Yeah, that's the end of the podcast. What do I say now? Oh, yeah. Remember to subscribe. Tell your friends and enemies all about us and make them subscribe as well. Give us good reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get them. The most direct link to this is anchor.fm slash mean by scene and you can contact us on social media at mean by scene on twitter or instagram and nowhere else okay email um, no they can't email me just just dm me on, oh. on <laughs> <laughs> all right see you sure on you all right bye